sharing today um, a favorite scripture passage from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. And I'm reading from the NIV translation. And verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And to give you a little backstory of the book of Jeremiah at this time, um, after Solomon's death, the kingdom was split into two, and there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And Jeremiah was a prophet that was um, to the southern kingdom, particularly to Judah. And he was a priest that was called um, to this prophetic service at a very unhappy time in the nation's history. And when he was called, it was almost as if the message that he was giving was more of condemnation and doom rather than salvation. And so um, I read where it said that his long ministry for more than about 40 years spoke of God's judgment and that God had risen early and sent his servants uh, the prophets, but Israel would not take heed. Israel would not uh, obey and listen to God's prophets. And so, as was, foretold, as was foretold to the nation, this inevitable judgment was actually coming, and that Babylon would, in fact, capture Judah. And so, uh, the prophets were telling them, particularly Jeremiah, that it would be best for them just to surrender, to give in, in order to be able to save their lives. And because uh, this was a message that was given to them, um, these men who really were desperate nationalists, the men of Israel were that they could not see themselves, you know, giving in. Uh, they loved their country, they loved their, their people, and so they could not see themselves giving in. And so they just totally rejected the prophets because this was what the true prophets of God were, were telling them. And so um, Jeremiah was regarded as, I guess you could say, a meddler um, and a traitor because he was telling them just to give in, to surrender. And the people, the nobles and the kings and all of them, they tried to put him to death. They tried to, to silence him. And so we have here where um, actually... In the chapter prior to 29 and verse 28, there was a false prophet by the name of Hananiah who had prophesied and told the children of Israel that, you know, you will be released in two years. And so, and that God was going to go into see to it that they would not be in captivity, that it would be a very short time, two years tops. And so, and, the, and that's what the people wanted to hear. So they were listening more to prophets who were false but who were telling them what they wanted to hear rather than what God was saying through his true prophets. And that was, you will be captured because of your disobedience and uh, pretty much just go along with it. And I have more in store at the end. And so as we get into chapter 29, we find out this letter that goes to the exiles. And uh, it talks about uh, what God tells them in terms of that I will in fact exile you from Jerusalem to Babylon. He tells them when you get there to go ahead and build houses and settle down, plant gardens, it says, um, and have your sons and your daughters marry. 
help your sons find wives, uh, help your daughters find husbands to increase in number. Uh, it also talked about, you know, since this will be your city for a while, you know, seek peace there, pray for your city. And as I prosper the city, you will also prosper yourself because you're there and I'm prospering you because you're praying for the city where you've been exiled to, that you will find prosperity. And he tells them also not to listen to those who are prophesying falsely, uh, not to encourage them to do that because it's what you want to hear, but rather cleave to the truth of what I'm saying and not to what you want to hear by these false prophets. And then that is when verse 10 says, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to you and I will bring you back to this place. And then verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. So God was trying to encourage them that even though these things are going to happen because of disobedience, because of the choices that you made, go ahead and own up to them and I will bring you out into a place um, that will be even better for you. For I know the plans I have for you. I'm not trying to hurt you or harm you in this, but this is a decision that you've made on your own. And so therefore you suffer the consequences, but I'm not going to leave you just because you made a mistake. I will be there with you. And if you do these things that I'm telling you to do while you're there, I will bring you out even better and not bitter than before. And so um, there was also a couple of, tr- uh, of cross-references I wanted to share as well. And one of them was found in um, book the book of Psalm number 40. Let's turn there. Um, and remember I said that, that oftentimes these verses will, will give us um, other cross-references to see how the same idea or thought is carried from other verses and how they all connect, it all connects with the Bible uh, versus we're actually reading at the time. And so in Psalm number 40, verse 5, it says, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. So here we're finding that that, uh, this is a psalm of David. And he is over, just really overjoyed, overwhelmed at all of the wonders that God has done. In and through him personally, uh, as a believer, as a son of God, but also of those... um, that God has entrusted him to. Um, And he says, the things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. No one can take those things back. What What God has for you, beloved, is for you. No one can take away from you what God has for you. But sometimes we have, on our own, we have uh, delayed our blessings. We have sometimes even halted our blessings because of our own disobedience, Uh, Because sometimes we are wanting things uh, beforehand, before we're actually ready to be able to receive and know how to handle and take care of them. 
And so we have to trust God in God's timing when God uh, wants to bless us and to bring things into our lives and just trust that God knows when the best time that is for us. So not to focus on what we're hoping for and praying for as much as we're trusting in God and keeping our focus on Him. Even though we're asking Him for a certain thing, we want to keep our focus on Him and not the object, not the gift, but the giver of the gift. And then the other um, reference came from the book of Job. The book of Job chapter um, 8 verse 7. Job chapter 8 verse 7. And it says, Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be. And here, um, God is saying that that your future will be such that so prosperous and so uh, weighty with what I will bring into it that it will make your beginnings look so small and so pale in comparison. Um, or another way of thinking about it is when we obey and trust God, even though we think we may be losing something in the trusting at that time that God is asking us to do something that may be hard or so it would seem to us, but on the other side of obedience is a much greater blessing, a far greater blessing. And so what we supposedly gave up or had to walk away from will be pale in comparison to what we're walking toward and into because we are trusting God with that. And so God just wants us to know that everything I have for you is for your good. Everything I want for you is for your good. And it will be far greater and better than what you think you have right now. And so there was another cross-reference, and it was from Zechariah chapter 8, verse 15. 8 and 15. And this one reads, it says, So now I have determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. So in this verse, God is promising um, the children of Israel that even though they had done some things that were um, against what God had told them to, that he at some point, he says, and now. So whatever they had done at this point, God had already settled that, that had been completed, uh, and that he was now going to do good and restore He was going to prosper them again. He was going to um, show them the blessings that he still yet had for them. And this is such a comfort to me and should be for all of us because even when we do wrong, and we will all at some point fall, um, have a failure of some kind, even in our walking with the Lord. But God does not abandon us when we disobey him. He does not do that. He wants us to get up, repent for our wrongdoing, and whatever consequence we may have to endure because of that wrongdoing, He will be with us through that and then bring us out on the other side of obeying Him with an even better future. And we have hopefully learned from that mistake not to repeat it, and that will make us better because now we have the experience of what it means when we don't trust God 
and what God can do in spite of how we uh, may find ourselves in a dilemma, how God will bring us over and through that when we do trust God. And so it's just a blessing to see how the Word of God connects in all of these verses. And of course, there are other verses there too, but those were just a few that I wanted to share as I was uh, giving you the ideas uh, and thoughts that God had given me from this particular verse of Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. I want to read the same verse uh, from the NI Revised Version, the New International Revised, or rather, the New International Reader's Version. And this is Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And it says, I know the plans I have for you, announces the Lord. I want you to enjoy success. I do not plan to harm you. I will give you hope for the years to come. So again, God is saying after you served, in verse 10, these 70 years in Babylon, that my promise of good, my promise of prospering you and keeping you and moving you forward will just be as good as it was before you disobeyed me. I have not changed. My plans are still the same for you, and that is to prosper you and not to harm you. Now, in the Amplified Version, it says, and reads this way, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being, and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And then verse 12 even says, Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear your voice, and I will listen to you. And I think this is so important. And I'm reemphasizing this again, that sometimes the enemy will try to make us feel as if when we disobey God, that God turns his back on us, that God walks away from us, that God will not bless us any longer. And that is not true. Yes, God wants us to obey him. Yes, God wants that uh, from each of his children. But also God knows that there will be times when we won't obey him for whatever reason or excuse, if you will, that we may give. But God knows that too. But if we really belong to God, we will find that once we repent of that sin, once we repent of that wrongdoing, yes, we may suffer a consequence of our wrong. But at the same time, once we pay that, let's for example, let's just say, if I if I am stopped for speeding, uh, I have I may have a fine to have to pay. That is a consequence of me breaking the law by speeding while I'm driving. But at the same time, once I pay that fine, I am free to live and go and continue as before as. It was before I broke that particular law. So all I'm saying is that God is wanting us to know and understand that I don't leave you just because you disappoint me, because you disobey me. I want you to know that I'm right there. I am with you. You may have chose to chosen to go a different way than what I told you to, but you'll find out that once you come to yourself, Regina, I'll still be right there. I will not have walked away. 
maybe I walked away from him, but he did not walk away from me. And so he wants us to realize and understand that, that the plans that he has for us, those thoughts that he has towards us are good thoughts, are good plans, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And so he wants us to just to just to realize that precious promise there and to pattern our lives in such a way that we won't have that many hiccups to have to overcome and and have to hurdle over. But should we do, and most of us, if not all of us will, God is still there. He will never leave us. No, never will he ever forsake us. So remember, Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster plans to give you hope and a future god bless you